Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain. I would like to thank my Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash bsmpod for continuing to support me and what I'm doing. Especially big shout-outs to my senior producers. We have Ventus Official and my parents, mom and dad. Thank you all so much for your support. Love y'all. I am very pleased to have someone... This is always one of my favorite things, by the way. When somebody who is not 100% connected with all the goings-on of the community, who has to dust off their Twitter just to be able to send me a direct message instead of because YouTube hasn't had DMs in maybe 10 years now or something crazy like that but for those of us who were there we remember those YouTube DMs I'm very pleased to have Stryker on hailing from the Atlantic time zone so let's go Canada Stryker thank you so much for joining me thanks so much for having me it's great to be able to hop on here with you I'm interested in hearing about I mean, is this just simply you looking up PGH Carol combo videos and somehow stumbling across the podcast? I mean, I'm very curious as to how that happened, just because the the stars really do have to align in order for that to happen. Um, I actually no, I think it might have been a little bit of the work of the algorithm. Um, maybe maybe the 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 podcast is uh, starting to sneak into the algorithm a little bit because I think I just had probably because of watching the combo videos i had that specific episode recommended to me and uh, i threw it in the watch later and uh, gave it a listen at work and the the part that you said at the beginning about really just enjoying talking to people who love melee made me want to at least drop you a line and see see what was up Yes, yeah, see, that's that, that. I'm just, I'm a big fish who loves, who loves people who love talk, talking about melee. So, uh, what I also enjoy, something that I'll be interested in. Well, we're definitely going to talk about PM. It's, I want to always try to give PM props because they do this at even more hardcore grassroots level than melee does. Melee is trying to ride the boat with ultimate type stuff, and then you hear about, oh, uh, well, ultimate's really, I mean. The people who run PG stats are trying to say it's cool, melee's cool, but then the higher ups are saying melee's not cool. Make ultimate videos, and we're gonna drop melee anyway once the Panda t- Cup becomes super popular. It's all the things that are super awful about this world. You're taking away yeah. melee, and PM's going. I, I've been taken away since 2015. So it's super cool that not only are we going to be able to talk a little bit about melee, we'll get to talk about PMP plus a game that I still, sadly, I just have not sunk time into. And I think it's because I just, I just uh, have a hard time getting away from melee. I think that's part of it. When I've played PM, I always had a blast. So striker, I'm, going to also ask you about your origin story because I do love hearing about that and it's a great way for me to get to know you so how did you how did you first get into the community how did you first uh, get into smash so I like starting the story with league I played league in college um, and uh, it was the worst in in a way that only league can be. I mean, you sink money into it, you you play it, you play it with your friends, but it's a, it can be a very toxic game. Um, and as a personal thing, sometimes I don't work the best on teams, and that's okay, I think. Um, so in about 2012, I stepped away from league. Uh, I had just finished from college and I moved out of my college city um, and I started looking kind of to other things. So I picked up Brawl because at the time I was thinking, well, what's the most, I, I like Smash. What's the most current version of Smash? So I picked up Brawl and I watched some Mewtwo King stuff and his Meta Knight and I played a little bit, but I, it didn't quite connect. And so I was playing some StarCraft and looking for more uh, 1v1 kind of solo stuff. But I was really looking for games to think my teeth into. I really wanted something that I could put time into and see the results of, of putting the hard work in. Because I was comfortable with putting the work into a game. I just I needed to find that one. Um, and eventually I stumbled upon the dock. Uh, and so that definitely really kicked off my melee career. Um, I started with PM because it was all I could get on my PC. You know, the really basic, like playing Project M with a with an Xbox controller kind of deal, which I think a lot of PM players start with. Yeah. Because of Dolphin. Um, 
and from there, uh, traveled to some melee tournaments. Um, it was wonderful going with some friends of mine who said to me before the tournament, you know, how hard can this really, like, how much better can they really be? I'm so good at this game. And then for it to be immediately kind of wrenched away um, as we all got beat as you do at your first tournament. May I ask um, what, where that was? Was that uh, Gommel or was it something smaller up in Canada on the East Coast? Because Gommel's Toronto, which I know is not like around the corner from where you are or were you even up in Atlanta time? Sorry, I keep calling Atlanta time zone. I'm not trying to dox too hard. You get it. No, no, that's okay. So I'm in I'm in New Brunswick. So there's a, a tournament in in, in one of our one, just a local in one of our towns that was kind of the the closest thing for us to get to. Um, and so yeah, just just going to a local. Um, I've actually we have I guess what I would consider regional, like a regional here in uh, what's called the Fredericton Gaming Expo. So the 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 times the best time that I went to that was when we had M2K and Super Boom fan here. And of course, M2K took all of the brackets except for the N64 bracket, which Boom fan just obliterated him in. <laughs> was there a timer on yet, or was there no timer at the time? Uh, I, oh, that's a good question. I don't think we were using a timer, but I also don't think it mattered. I think by the time we got to grand finals, I think they were gentlemen'sing to like uh, the the Metroid stage and and doing uh, some goofy things. I distinctly remember um, what was it? Oh, I, oh, it was. I distinctly remember Boomfan using Samus and hitting M2K with forward air over and over again, and just being like, "This is my favorite move on this character," and it's just <laughs> so absurd to see because M2K dwarfed everyone else there. So to see someone in '64 that was that much higher up is just—it's mind-boggling. Um, yeah, I was also you... very lucky. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was just gonna say I was also very lucky in that uh, Boomfan was living in our area at the time, and so for the short amount of time that I did some melee and Project M tournaments, I actually got to see Boomfan play Project M Roy. Um, and there are some some vods kicking around somewhere on YouTube of like him playing like 3.0 Roy or something um, under a different name. So that was really cool too. I just love the idea that there's all these other brackets but there's is actually one bracket where m2k can't do can't can pull get it done so that's cool have you heard of smash remix yes i think so the n64 mod with the additional characters and the additional stages that is that cannot be an understated thing they've added and i'm not kidding 40 stages to that game cool I needed them <laughs> desperately. <laughs> desperately. It's really, it's a really fun mod. So I always go out of my way. If we're talking about N64, shouts out to Smash Remix. That's, I, I do make time for that because part of my origin story around Smash is there was an N64 in my house and I would try to play my older brothers and they always beat me. And for whatever reason, I mean, I picked up video games about as naturally as a five or six year old does just because where you're young enough and you start to realize buttons do this control stick does that out of, out of all the N64 games, there was Mario 64 and Mario Kart and legend of Zelda, everything else, which eventually I did get into all those games, but smash for whatever reason, I just wanted to be better at. I thought there's something going on here, something more than Kirby's down B. I can't explain it, but I really wanted to get better. So I played that game more than any and even to this day, I still play with my little brother. We still play it sometimes. I don't think every time we see each other, but it's such a fun game. So when Smash Remix started to become a thing in the past three years, they're just adding all these characters, ooh, stages. Finally, we could play on Final Destination and Battlefield instead of having to go to Dreamland all the time. There's a music randomizer. Oh, it's so ooh, good. It's nice. super fun. It's super fun. Little quality of life things are super important for old games like that. Absolutely. <laughs> There's only so much Dreamland I can hear. I think now when I play when I play on N64 with Smash Remix, I just go, "Oh, but I can hear, you know, somebody in the in the development team, the community of people who mod 64, and this applies to PM and other mods for the games out there. People say 
yes, I could do character work. I can do stage making or stage designing, but uh, there's also these gifted musicians who say, I'd like doing music in this style, in this genre. And so there's a bunch of nice little original arrangements of N64 style because they have to stick with the synth stuff for, for the game because it has, you know, such a small memory card. You get it, memory cartridge. You get to hear uh, an N64 version of Big Blue or an N64 version of the Memento, no, uh, whatever the Mementos, Memento stages from, they put in the Joker stage from Ultimate into Smash Remix and it's got the, you know, the, you get it. I can't do it that well, but you get it. So it's cool. It's so, it's cool. It's really fun. Good. Absolutely. Did you, when you were growing up, did you ever get any grasp of anything slightly advanced? Because I grew up playing 64 and I'd never, I went to PlayStation 2. I didn't have a GameCube. So I didn't actually really get claws into Melee until I was aiming for it competitively. But growing up and playing 64, the one thing that stood out was I knew that Link's down air could be Zed canceled. Not any of the rest of any aerial i had i didn't make that connection but the laggiest one for whatever reason that was that was the one that i that i managed to figure out did you guys figure out anything kind of similar i started to figure out things like that when i went on the internet and i looked up super smash bros 64 how to play well that kind of thing as a six seven eight year old and i'm and because we're a generation behind because we can't afford the gamecube blah 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 because i really should have had a gamecube growing up but i had an n64 growing up which is fine because i love smash 64 as i've said i saw this thing about z canceling and they say try it with link but you can do it for all aerials and i go okay and and I loved playing as Kirby, who, again, I've said there's more to Kirby than down B. There's something else about this character that's really good. I just haven't figured it out yet. Joke's on me. The, the what's really cool and fun with Kirby <laughs> is forward smash grabbing and up tilt. So anyway, the down air, I would practice, I would practice Z canceling with down air because I thought it's such a noticeable difference between doing down air and Kirby lands and flattens for a second and then goes back okay. up. It's not quite as bad as Link's down air landing lag, but the Kirby landing lag on his down air is significant enough you can very easily see the difference. So part of my journey of learning how to beat my older brothers in 64 was Kirby with the Z canceling, with the spamming of the forward smash and the up tilt and stuff, and I started to put it all together. And then what really helped me turn turn the ledge turn the corner, excuse me, was learning how to roll consistently because at first I didn't even shield. So I would go, well, what's the, what's the purpose of this whole shield thing? What's the rolling thing? Wait, I'm invincible during the roll, like the animation, you can't actually hit the character. And this is so dope. And lastly, edge guarding, they started to realize very quickly if they got knocked off stage, I could edge guard them pretty consistently. Cause it's so easy with Kirby. He has five jumps and a good up B is, I don't know how it's so cool to see pro players in 64 somehow not get edge guarded by Kirby every time because it's crazy. Kirby has such a good edge guard in 64. So I finally did all of that. I put it together and then they couldn't beat me. It was very sudden one day they were doing it, but then I kind of put it all together and then they stopped wanting to play me pretty much right away. Agonizing, but it is what it is. It, it happens. Yeah, it, it certainly does. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I'll probably segue into, you know, some design things that I that I want to talk about, because um, the the design philosophy behind and the 64 version and how that got carried through to Melee. And how it changed from Brawl forward is is so important and so interesting it's, it's so incredibly interesting and i i want to talk about one thing in particular This is one of the one of the like two things that i that i really want to talk about is uh priority and clanking so this is something that gets highly used in n64 because of the differences in mobility and and just kind of the way that the game is played where clanks are, are really important and it transfers forward into melee but they're less important because they have a lot of different options right um but the 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 core of melee the philosophy that melee was designed with is this elegant balance 
And so when it comes down to, I'm not sure how familiar you are with the, the mechanics of clanking, but there are uh, shout-outs to Kodano. He has his uh, channel with really in-depth melee mechanics explained, um, and he has a great video that goes through it. The long and short is that uh, grounded attacks clank and projectiles, aerials don't clank. And in order to out-prioritize something, it has to be it has to deal 9% damage or more. You can deal 9% damage or more when you clank with something, it straight up beats it out. So here we have an incentive to use smash attacks, to use high damage and grounded moves. Now, if that was what it was, we would have easy answer, well, we just want to use smash attacks. It'll bust through jabs, it'll bust through anything. That's not how melee is designed. Melee is, is balanced on a razor's edge, right? And so what happens is if you're within 9%, you go into a state called rebound. And your rebound frames are determined by the damage that your move would have dealt. So the more damage you would deal, the more rebound frames you have. Mm -hmm. So if you can beat nine frames, you want to be the one using the weaker move because you have less rebound frames and it's the equivalent to coming out of block stun early or shield stun early. You have those that frame advantage on your opponent. So you really do truly have this freedom of, do I want to use weak attacks and try to get the clank and get the faster rebound and then be able to put out another attack or another option? Or do I want to go for a smash attack or even a charge smash attack because it is a deal and try to just cut through this grounded attack. Um, I don't think that this is uh, something that would, it's really niche and maybe, you know, as the meta advances years and years down the line, maybe it's something that pro players will use, but I just think it's such a, it's such an interesting example of the the fine tooth comb that melee was was put through and and how each system was really like intentionally designed with with balance in mind um it, and it's just incredible um the decisions that were made at that level in later games really make me sad um and so uh I feel like this is one of the many like very underappreciated points of like melee really is this like intricate thing and anybody can press buttons fast. Armada has a has a video where he talks about, you know, anyone can learn to press buttons. You can teach a monkey to press buttons, but can they understand the game? What's actually going on and, and why things are happening and how to make the game come out the way that, that they want it to. So First of all, all interesting points, but I'm also distracted because I'm trying to reconnect to the internet. I'm having some connection issues. Dang it. But it's okay. I'm, I'm, so one of my favorite things that I learned about as I continue to try to, not that I got on the Kadano level of deep diving into Melee or any of the Smash games, when Brawl came out, I played a lot of Brawl because I didn't insert myself into the competitive community until more recent years. So just to be clear, when I was a youngin, I was just the, the, the casual tryhard. There is a niche of casual tryhards who knew mm -hmm. that they should not venture out too far into the world, otherwise they're going to get their head chopped off. So that was me anyway. I'm looking at these whole things about Meta Knight as Brawl is starting to become six or so months old and going, what is so good about Meta Knight other than the obvious things, other than the fact that all four of his B moves are a recovery move and what he can glide. He has ridiculous, uh, ridiculous uh, speed on his, and on, his, on his sword, but the thing they kept saying was priority, and I go, well, what is priority? And I learned specifically that except for maybe two attacks, all of Meta Knight's moves have like a transcendent priority thing. So even if they're yep. supposed to quote unquote clash, they're programmed not to. Like nearly every single one of his moves are programmed to not actually clash or have rebound frames, which is insane that they did that. It's a, it's a huge buff to the baseline of the character. You could, you could, make any other character you could give them that trait and they would immediately become a hundred times better 
Um, the funny thing is we do have a couple moves like that in melee. Falco laser is a good example. Mm. Um, and it takes really specific things in order to beat out Falco laser. A really cool example is Marth side B. Mm. Okay. Not, so not everyone realizes that one. Yeah. No, you're, you're, you're right. Because I don't think I've ever, no, I've never seen, yeah. Well, that would be why I've never seen, uh, that move. That's interesting. That makes it, that makes it more it makes more sense for that move to not be spammed when you have a floaty character at death percent but obviously it doesn't hurt because <laughs> that's your it, setup it to get an up tilt yeah absolutely um and then there there are of course other weird little things too like um fox and falco forward smash uh don't go into rebound oh well uh, so, no wonder i love spamming falco's forward smash <laughs> So, and, and like thinking about it, you can think about that and just verify it in your head because you go, oh, yeah, when I see that clank, they just they just go through it anyway. They don't bounce back. There's no. So it's 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 very interesting. Um, uh, Falco side B and I think Fox side B do clank. And so that's a really weird specific thing for them. Most air attacks don't don't clank. Yeah, it's just funny to see somebody miss an aerial attack. You can see that it's supposed to, but there's that little blue blip that normally indicates clank in the air. And it's always fun to see because you know that they were that close, but couldn't <laughs> quite do it. Maybe don't use a severely, what's the word, staled Marth forward air. Maybe don't do that next time. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yep. Or just you maybe yep, use absolutely. it sooner, sorry, because the hurt box goes forward before the hit box goes on the side Bs. Anyway, anyway. That's right. If you see a clank, it means you're too late. Yes, that's true. Use the severely staled Marth forward air sooner, actually. <laughs> um, I am a Fox Falco player, so I know all about the the catching the spacey side B. It's it's probably one of the more enjoyable parts of playing the character, the, the Marth character for sure. And, and Falco actually. What is my favorite clip related to somebody anticipating the, the spacey side B. I think it was M2K versus Leffen. Leffen does a side B recovery and M2K with Marth just grabs him out of the side B. And he intentionally did that. He stood there looking like, oh, why aren't you in shield or jumping or whatever to, you know, what's the counterplay? You're just standing there. Nope, throw out the grab. It was so funny. And then gets an edge guard. It was hilarious. I was like, oh, of course you did that to laugh in because N2K, I mean, I wasn't around <laughs> severely. I just know that, you know, ever since diving more into the game's history and going back, N2K had Leffen's number for a while. The fuck the, the there's a reason Leffen hates the matchup, man. That Mar the Marth he ugh. I'm I I will say I will miss seeing Leffen's Fox get messed up by Marths. I really truly will. I don't blame him. We still get to see it get messed up by Falco, <laughs> but but I don't blame him for switching to Sheik. But I I will miss it because yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that's that was really M2K showing like. I don't want to say a soul read, but like confidence. He knew knew exactly what he wanted to do, and and he could just feel his way through it. Um, I think that in melee, the best way to be stylish is to substitute your style for an already correct answer. Mm. So in in that kind of scenario where you can call out a high spacey side B, there are objectively correct answers, right? the The problem of melee is opponent hit blast them. But there are so many ways to do it that if you don't want to just forward smash or you don't want to make the hard read or whatever, we have about a million other options of, you know, you can try to down air it. You can just go for the grab and, and purely intimidate if that's what you want to do. Don't worry. There are also Kadorans of the world who will always forward smash or I should say maybe 99%. Oh, Striker gets what I'm saying. Striker's still tuned in a little bit. All right. Well, let me go backwards because I want, don't want to get too far away from when you first started fiddling around in the postdoc time by doing by doing PM stuff with an Xbox controller. Shouts out. What was it yes. like? What was it like? Because you, you, you got Brawl and you were feeling that it was pretty anti-competitive so when you first started playing pm and it's this 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 edgy like the like the brooding cousin in the corner that nobody's supposed to talk to it's like oh my gosh 
people that were not Nintendo did this, and yet it feels. I mean, this kind of feels all right. I don't know what what uh, what patch you were working with at that time, but with your first time playing PM, do you remember anything specific? And just going, nice. Uh, absolutely. So I started in 3.0. 3.0, um, nice. And man, I just want to make the statement: we are not 3.0 anymore. 3.0 <laughs> was bonkers. 3.0 was crazy. 3.0 was insane um and and when it comes to pm jank holy crap there was a lot of pm jank and i don't blame people for for getting that feeling from it um as as far as i went uh it it definitely blew me away um i was just getting introduced to shuffles and and trying to learn to wave dash and i'll cancel and and uh get dash dancing going um and I think the funny thing about first picking it up is I think when you first start playing Melee, there is this, to, to give Wobbles a quote, a local maxima that you're on, and you always have to come down before you can go up. And so when you first start playing Melee and you first start learning to wave dash and you first start learning to L-cancel, the people that aren't trying to do those things and are just trying to play the game are going to beat the crap out of you because you can't implement those things, but people don't always just want to grind. They want to play the game. And so while you're learning to execute wave dashes, you're getting those, those one out of 10 successful wave dashes up. You're getting hit for it. You're getting bodied for it by, by the person that's just walking over and forward smashing you because they're a casual player and it works, right? Um, and so I think I think I definitely had a little bit of a growing pains when I first started of like, oh, this is so frustrating. Like, I'm, I feel like I should be better than people who aren't trying to do these things. But at the same time, I'm just getting my ass beat because I'm trying to do the mid-match and it just doesn't, I'm, I'm not executing right. Um, but I always knew that there was like, as soon as I started chewing on that, that wall of, of execution, um, I knew it was somewhere that I wanted to be for sure. Yes. And then you started to put it all together. It's one of my favorite parts of the documentary for Melee. When PC Chris talks about you start learning how to follow up on these combos and all of a sudden you're like, you know, like you're getting like all these extra hits in the game becomes 20 times better. Like literally verbatim. I, I think I think that's even though I haven't gotten a full taste of it myself because. It is so hard to practice. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I haven't gotten to the level where I go, the game's 20 times better because I haven't actually gotten to that spot. But for the little, the little, the limited things that I've been able to kind of chain together, these little three or four piece combos, I just, my heart soars. And it's too bad that I don't actually practice because I think I would have so much more serotonin when I play Melee. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I think getting people to that spot that opened up spot is why I like teaching the game so much and why I'm so passionate about teaching. Um, because it, it really is true. There's a technical barrier in melee. I don't personally think that's a bad thing. That's a contentious subject on its own, but there is one and it's truly it's wave dashing. It's L canceling and it's dash dancing. It's, it's being able to move your character and it's starting to understand the, the offensive and the defensive game. Um, what, what really got me is that it's hard sometimes to know that you've, that you've hit everything. If you are a beginner melee player, it is hard to know that like, I've learned all of the beginner things for sure. And not that you don't have a big gap in your skill set that maybe you should have learned by now or would have helped you as a fundamental building block to more advanced skills. And so uh, when I teach people, I have like a list of skills based on kind of where the person's at of, okay, have you, because even someone who has played Melee casually, let's say you grew up playing Melee, but you'd never touch any advanced tech is significantly better at Smash than someone who has never touched the game before. Not at all. They can recover. They they understand, like, a little bit of defensive options. They probably know that you need to smash attack people to kill them. Like, there's they a lot. They have a good game sense, yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so if you are transitioning, especially if you're a player who's literally never touched the game before and maybe you watch it on Twitch or whatever, and you're like, oh, I want to, like, I play COD or Overwatch or some other competitive game and I want to get into this game competitively, it can be hard to do your due diligence as a beginner and make sure that you hit everything. So that's one thing that I'm really, like, when I teach people, I'm really, like, uh, thorough, I, I think, of, of making sure that here's all of the stuff, here's why it's important, you know, lay it all out and make sure that everyone kind of has all that stuff um, to, to kind of move forward with. That's why it's really funny to me thinking about somebody like Zane who admitted for the first couple of years, at least, he didn't really know what to do with dash dancing. He just did it. <laughs> oh, yep. so funny. Anyway, so I, I don't want to get too far off track again because I'm having way too much fun doing that. I also wanted to ask you about when you're when you're when you're saying to yourself, this is really fun, I like PM, and you eventually get your hands onto Melee, you go to these tournaments, yeah. you start looking around and you go, okay, well, we're not in SoCal, which, I mean, for the past 10 plus years has been one of the bigger heartbeats of the Melee community. And, and, and in PM as well, there's a lot of big tournaments happening in SoCal at those, at those big Smash tournaments in general. Because for a while, PM was, uh, was side by side with Brawl and with mm-hmm. Melee before Smash 4 came around. So I'm interested to hear when, when you're considering to yourself, I'm up here, Canada's got a little bit less of a smash push going on and yet when you look around at the greater community there's so many cool exciting things happening do you feel the energy enough to say i still want to do stuff and in fact that is going to inspire me to get into toing because we haven't we haven't even we haven't even mentioned that yet you do you did do your t you had a toing arc striker i did yeah and it was admittedly while i was while i was still going through the growing pains of, of learning the game but um coming through and and meeting all the all the homies you you meet the homies and it's hard not to fall in love with the smash scene it i think that's just the truth if you really love the game and then you go out and you see all these people who are there and they're just there because they love the game it's it's so hard not to feel at peace and and feel like you're amongst your people um and uh, the the pm scene wasn't wasn't huge out here um so that was that was definitely one of my motivations was to kind of try to bring PM to the forefront. Because um, I think there's there's something really special about Project M in small communities. There are so many characters that are so truly that are a blast to play. Part of the reason I play Project M still is because it is melee mechanics with play styles that I can't get in melee. Mm. I play Lucario and Zero Suit in in Project M, and those characters are a blast. Uh, Lucario has the Street Fighter Magic series, and so to be able to apply shield pressure in that like very different way, rather than playing like a Falco, to me is is super interesting. And Zero Suit is incredibly mobile. I feel like I can touch any part of the stage, all the way to the blast zones, um, and to <sighs> you're so unlikely to play the same character as somebody else. So you kind of have like a mini like specialist scene where kind of no matter who you are, you are your character's representation. Yeah. Yeah. I see what you're saying. (laughs) Because there's not like enough people where you have a lot of overlap. Yeah. And that's so interesting and and so like special. It it has its cons. It's (laughs) People, well, people talk about uh, viable characters as though more viable characters is likely better, and I don't think it is. I think that in Ultimate or in Project M, having to learn like 40 matchups is a huge task. And by that, you can't really put the depth into each matchup because who are you going to run into? It could be, you know, whatever. You you have to play it more by, like I said, kind of local individual right those are the matchups that you learn whereas melee you have eight to ten matchups and you can study those matchups really hard because everyone plays those those characters and you can become very good at those specific matchups so i I think that's that's always a really interesting um kind of difference between the two 
So when you were starting to do TOing, you were just basically saying, well, if I run events, I can still have everybody over. We can still have a good time. Was it basically just like a kind of at your house thing? Or did you find, and this is so hard to do, suspiciously hard, a venue? I found a venue. Uh, I sent out like 50 to 70 emails to everywhere's local. Oh, come on. Um, the oh. frustrating thing is all the traditional venues, like community centers and things like just wouldn't bite for some reason. Um, I, I eventually ended up securing a pawn shop that we played in like the upstairs of um, for a couple of tournaments. And I also ran a couple at uh, like our local university campus. Someone was able to help me get that venue for as well. Nice. And then you eventually stopped to my understanding. Is that because of what happened to PM towards the beginning of 2015 when they got done dirty? Is that what, is that kind of what did it for you? No, I was a very staunch defender and always like very loud about PM. Um, uh, events are a lot to put on and they can be monetarily a lot to put on too. Um, I always wanted to do a little more with my events, so I tried to provide like, you know, if you're registering, you get like a bottle of water or a can of pop, and I want to provide maybe extra things to do on the side that aren't just, you know, me like melee and, and PM setups or uh, tertiary things like that. I always wanted to do a little more, but yeah, it's, 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 it's tough and it's a lot of work, and then I had some work stuff that kind of just took over and made it so I didn't really have the, the time anymore. Um, so I continued to go to locals for a little bit and I felt honestly like my tech skill and my ability to play the game needed so much work that I took a little bit of a break from locals for a couple of years. Um, I went back kind of just before the pandemic started, um, managed to, to take a melee local when our good players didn't show up. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm I'm maybe like a three and two or a four and two. I'm not zero oh and two. I'm not two and two. I'm just like a sliver above that. So when when the real good guys don't show up, <laughs> then I can I can do my best and and sometimes take it. Um, but uh, and then COVID kind of happened and I kind of haven't haven't been back to our local scene since then, which is which is a shame. I also got new employment and that's had me, that's had me worn quite out quite a bit. Yeah. So in the world, world of game designing, which you said you're doing currently, is that correct? Yeah. That's, and that's kind of the equivalent of in the tech world, basically the Amazon drivers, you have to pee in a bottle and it's, it seems as if game design is <laughs> extremely long hours. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, I am doing unity development on the side. So I went to school for 3d art, um, which was wonderful. Uh, but it wasn't quite game design, but I didn't quite understand that picking my degree out of high school. So I taught myself C sharp on the side and, uh, have put quite a bit of time into doing some game development, um, through unity. So ideally the idea is to work, uh, and fund, you know, that first game project. And then once that gets on steam, hopefully it takes off from there and I can, can go full time with it. So you're currently, you have a little baby that you're making right now. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, absolutely. Mm, excellent. What's sort of the, uh, what's the, what's the big, goal behind it you know like when I, I've, I've been watching these um sakurai videos on there he's like you know you want to have a goal for the people who play your game either you can have a goal for it to be super super fun or to be challenging or whatever what's what's your goal with the game that you're making uh how do i put this so <laughs> Game games are all about delivering player experiences, right? Yeah. And it, as an indie developer, unfortunately, capitalism is a thing. And so I can't work purely based off of artistic merit. I have to also work with something that I think is somewhat marketable. And so uh, I'm 
was looking for a long time for some sort of niche or something, something to really grab a hold of that I think would be unique. Um, and as 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 silly as it sounds, I, I want to be able to make kind of the equivalent of like. Um, Imagine if you could play a game for your partner. Imagine if you could pick up your sword and and input uh, like ideas or memories or information about your partner and slay the baddies. And in the end, instead of rescuing the princess, you are rescuing like a, symbolically your partner. And then at the end of the game, it spits out stats and story that you can then give to your partner as as a gift of love i don't think that's something that we can do with games yet and so that's kind of the the direction that i'm thinking with it it's a very conceptual <laughs> um but i've got i've got a, a lot of different kind of inspirations that i that i'm taking from and and i think i'm going to be able to spit, spit out something that's that's unique and you know something that is is different I like the idea I just got in my own head of two people arguing and the one saying, but baby, I, I did this game for you. I played this game for you. <laughs> I killed 10,000 orcs just for you. Anyway, um, I'm not trying I, to, I, I'm not trying to, no, I just, it's, it sounds great. So let me not leave you with the impression that I think it's a dumber idea or anything. It sounds like a lovely idea. That was just the first thing that I thought of. No, absolutely. I, I got the idea from kind of the the imagery of like uh, the the knight going to war for for the princess kind of idea of like being able to to pick up your sword and and do something for for someone as a as a gesture. And I think that that's something that games are interactable, and so you have that ability to really take experience from the player and turn it into something. And so to be able to hopefully at the end of the game spit out something that maybe it's like a custom picture or, you know, a, a custom poem or a custom story um, with some stats and some stuff that was really like, you know, you enter in, you know, where did you meet and you enter in what's a fond memory that you have or like your first like great memory together. And then, you know, at the end it spits out, uh, you know, this, this memory inspired you to go forth and, and, you know, take action and save your princess or prince or, or whomever. And, uh, and it also sounds to a certain effect as if this playing this game can make you better in some capacity and you can like see that by the time you're done playing it. That sounds really cool. It's also sounds very difficult to do. So why, why not just try to join the P plus development team? It sounds like you could potentially do stuff like that. You could work on the game that you fell in love with so long ago. I'm just curious to hear your perspective. Now there's a new development team, you know, the original PMDT project M development team, no longer doing it. There's been a little mm -hmm. bit of carryover. Shout outs to vigilante blade in chat mm -hmm. blade uh, was on, was on the OG development team and is, I don't want to know. I don't know if it's consulting, but Blade is still definitely involved. <laughs> Love seeing the growth and development of P plus. So I'm just curious from your perspective, like you, you could go to them and say, Oh, I am now like super powered up. I could, I could uh, help and make Roy best Roy ever. I'm just curious from your perspective. Is it because you want it to be your own thing? period and not have to deal with the fact that you're working on Nintendo IP or what, what is the idea behind that? So I've definitely wanted to do game design, um, since I was like six. Um, so more so I would love to do it. Uh, the skills necessary to do P plus modding are really, really specialized. Um, I have done a little bit of messing around with like, uh, uh, like character moves and stuff, uh, especially when like Lynn and some of the like not fully done characters were released. I, I screwed around with them a bit and it was, it was a good time. Um, but I think for me, the biggest thing is like cap that, that, that looming capitalism over your head of like, yeah. if I want to do it as a job, I got to find a way to make revenue and, uh, with PM, it's you know it is definitely a passion project, but it's not a project where you can really make revenue off of it. So I think that 
maybe after getting my feet under me as as a developer um it would it could be something i'd be interested in um but like as of right now just juggling work and then also doing programming on the side is is pretty hefty that's not uh, that's, that's... the monster of capitalism <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you're talking about it as like a Canadian-based person as well. I mean, truly, we have reached a new low. Uh, Jeez. Okay, well, I'm glad. Okay, first of all, I'm glad that you're able to take care of yourself and you also have enough time to be able to make something that will hopefully be super cool. I mean, who knows? Maybe you'll beat, you'll beat M2K to finish. He'll, he'll finish writing his book after your thing comes out. Fiction will finish his game after your thing comes out. Maybe you can beat, <laughs> beat all these people with, you know, the passion projects that they have. And, you know, you'll never get to the P plus or even the PMX, PMEX, PMX. Blade, how do you say that? Anyway, whatever whatever it is, you'll never get there because people will want a sequel to your game so badly. You'll go, wait, why do people want a sequel? Oh, no. Oh, no. I wanted to try something else. Oh, no. Well, well you maybe finish the, the first game there. Uh, for first game first and then go from there. I mean, how did... I, I think about the one studio that I sort of like from a very far distance have this idea of being chill or cool is the people who made the Hades game because they're making a second one now and I'm curious about I want to talk to somebody on that team at some point and be like well was it pre what's what's the pressure behind making a second one or why didn't you guys make like an entirely new thing because it seems as if they care a lot about what they make mm -hmm. yeah that that the amount of quality that went into Hades is is gargantuan and uh even from a game design perspective because that's what i look at everything with uh incredibly innovative for uh the roguelike which is not an easy genre to innovate in um i really quickly want to shout out both vigilante because uh i think i've been liking their tweets since i got back into twitter um <laughs> and also i know you've had saber on and i definitely want to shout out saber because I mean, uh, Saber the Savior, like he's yes. one of the ones keeping us all together, right? So, um, we 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 need it. <laughs> we we need the the centralizing forces, right? So, um, absolutely. I need just a second to grab a phone charger. I'll be right back if that's okay. Mm, no worries. Let me go ahead and lament something here while while Striker is out getting a phone charger. What happened to the Mango P plus thing? Come on. We got to have more of that. And also when, <laughs> when we come back for bar break, you also have to hear, I have a couple of questions related to, oh, come on, Blade. Yes, you are. Blade, you come out with the most based tweets of all time. And the people need that medicine. The people need to know. So don't sell yourself short. Anywho, uh, what I was saying was we got to talk about brawlback. We got to talk about the rollback stuff. That's going to be what I want to, and not that I'm, not, I'm assuming that striker is not like 100% in on all that goes into that, but that's the next, that's the next frontier for the growth of P plus is to have that sweet, sweet rollback because that also gets you a bunch of other things. Okay. So I was teasing the brawlback topic because Something really cool that was happening this year and just got pulled away by the wayside is uh, the P plus community was seeing a lot of love on Mango's Twitch channels. Saber was getting these yeah. show fights organized, God of the Mod series, but it never awesome. turned into uh, like an IRL top eight of all the champions of God of the Mod, which is really unfortunate. And I hope that actually happens, but let's go ahead and assume it's not gonna because... Uh, I, I, I'm even surprised that they got one of those stream matches on the Mango stream, let alone, I think it was at least seven or so. And then they, then Nintendo took down the playlist. I mean, just as absolutely crazy and utterly based or not based in a good way, behavior by Nintendo shame on them. All right. So I'm going to yeah. go back to the topic of rollback netcode for, mm -hmm. for P plus. Obviously that means a lot. There's somebody, there's a team of people or at least one person working on trying to do rollback. So for you, obviously, do you go intrigue? I mean, from your perspective, just talk about what the what the difficulty level of such things are for a game that wasn't designed for rollback. Uh, 
what Slippy did was nothing short of a miracle. <laughs> um, I've I've heard that like similar teams on AAA games, uh, it took them like significantly longer, um, even as a team of people to to accomplish the same thing and put rollback into uh, like more modern games. Um, so he's kind of he's definitely one of our one of the the gods for sure. Um, he's he saved us during COVID. I I don't know a whole lot about the the PM rollback except for that it is in the works um, very slowly. But I'm I, I'm pretty sure it's very slowly but surely. Um, but that it is going to take a while because. I mean, not everyone can be like a genius, and also I'm sure there's some additional things where probably brawl is kind of getting in the way a little bit. Um, but I'm, I mean, as far as what I know, rollback is based. Uh, this might be a little bit of misinformation. And I'm trying real hard not to do that during the stream, but I think it's based on the fact that with like lightning melee, which is also in uh, brawl that the game can like process multiple frames during a single frame. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, it can make like better predictions rather than doing it on a delay. And so because Brawl has that, I'm pretty sure it's still equally, uh, equally feasible. It's just uh, it's, it's Slippy is, is uh genius. And uh, it, it takes uh, mere mortals, uh, I think a little longer to, to, to do it. Yeah, shout out to Fizzy. I mean, yeah, on map Rushmore for Melee oh, yeah. because yeah. that I mean, the pandemic did a lot of did a lot of things. But I think with with the P plus when they dropped Knuckles during the pandemic, that was also really cool because that was coming out of okay, the pandemic's still going on, but I'm talking about the 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 most severe part of it was when nobody was really going out in tournaments in person were not happening, and then Knuckles comes out, everybody's on stream playing. P plus and you know and this is really cool we're happy to see this back because who cares about Nintendo right they shut down big house big house online so yeah, yeah let's do let's do reptile P plus let's do main stage P plus Nintendo goes let's not and we all get angry and then forget about it shouts out to Blade for correctly predicting the cycle of behavior is oddly similar every time somebody somebody something like this happens let's like not forget an abusive act yes yes indeed you know, let's, so let's let's not forget you know, it was just last year they went after p plus you think they won't do that again gotta stand firm i'm in, very interested to hear and see what happens in 2023 it's gonna be interesting even for ultimate tournaments it's gonna be so interesting but not to digress super too hard into it but i think about how pine yes blade is correctly saying pine is the person behind brawlback just the fact that there are little isms about each Smash game. I think there was even someone who said, ah, I could take a swing at um, doing rollback for N64 so that these Smash Remix players can do rollback netcode, which is hilarious because there would be maybe 200 people at the most in the entire world who would use a platform like that. Anyway, it's cool that there are people who will just do it. That's always been why Melee and the subsequent Smash games ultimate right now are going to survive in 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 their in whatever way seems best to the community as a whole they'll survive in some capacity because there are just too many people who love the game enough to be able to give something to it we have given collectively through people like fizzy or or the tournament organizers who have done it for 10 plus years and a, and a bunch of other modders. I mean, people like Uncle Punch for Melee, again, making training programs. Again, it's just, there are people who will do stuff like that. There are people who will make PM and ignite a whole new community. It, that's, that's, why, that's why the games are as special as they are, because they bring special people out of the woodwork, seemingly, and make it a cool place to be. Yeah, you could never pay for the work that we that the communities have put in due to passion. Yeah. Like you could never if if you wanted to replicate our communities, there is you could never like pay to just replicate the Smash community because it's the amount of work that we put in is just so gargantuan and it's purely out of love. Um just purely and strictly. Um, before we get too far away from the PM topic, there's one more thing I want to say yes. that could seriously help out the PM scene. 
Uh, number well, number one, game is not dead. Game will never be dead. Mm. Game is just as likely to die as melee, which is not going to happen. Mm. Um, but I just want to reiterate, maybe to some melee players, we are not 3.0 anymore. <laughs> we are we are much we are much better balanced game. Uh, and I want to put this idea forward. If Fox or Falco were not in melee, and you had to play them in PM you would consider them jank. You would say, what is this? This is stupid. This is overpowered. What the heck is this shine? (laughs) Get it out of here. Get it out of my game. This is unbalanced, right? And I think when you look at any competitive meta for Magic the Gathering, if you want to look at Overwatch, if you you want to look at anything, the things that make the good things good is that they have jank they have good stuff that you have to respect you can't just push through and ignore you know fox shield pressure yeah right you can't just push through and ignore the 50 50s of marths that you know will grab you or hit you because forward smash is really really good it's really really good right um and so i think it's easy to look at the unfamiliar of pm and say, what the fuck? This is crazy. This mm. is insanity. These characters can just do things that I've never, you know, I've never considered before and are brand new to me. But if you treat them with the same respect as you would, you know, this is what this character is good at. I have to respect it. I have to learn to play around it. Um, I don't think there's anything that insane in in uh, uh, PM. I think it's it is not as jank as as people claim, and it's just uh, it's just the unfamiliar um, that kind of that really gets them. Yes. Well, when I get to play play P plus with Rob at our local, shouts out to Rob. I mean, it's so fun to play as Link, where there's a semi better chance, odds on, of being able to do some kind of cool movement because not all of us can be Aklo and safe state. Okay, it's tough. <laughs> it's so tough to do all those all those crazy moves that uh, Safe State and Aklo do specifically with Link and Melee. You could just play Link and P plus, and you get to do super fun stuff. And yes, Robert plays as Mewtwo a lot and floats so well. And I am very confused, but I'm still having a blast because it's fun. It's a really really fun version of really fun version of brawl mixed in with the melee mechanics that's the whole point really if you think of it as it's an extension of melee don't think of it as a brawl thing i think that's what a lot of a lot of people just kind of subconsciously think it's still brawl you may have put melee stuff in it but it's still brawl well no because there's no tripping so settle down so anyway it's It's cool really really cool Uh, yeah it truly is its own thing for sure all right, so we're getting close to an hour here, and I want to be respectful of your time, which is obviously limited. So Patreon question. This is from Mikey Tabletop. One piece of advice that you would give to the people who say, I'm starting out with TOing. How do I do this? Hmm. Uh, reach out to your community. Um, if you want a TO there's no way to do it without leaning on on your players that's just the way that it is um a lot of scenes are established but that doesn't mean that they have all the tournaments that they want um so i mean there's there's like work you can do on your own uh getting um venues is is a huge piece of to legwork as we, as we definitely talked about yeah um and uh, knowing at the end of the day, you, you, you do have to lead on the community because there's so much between equipment that you need to be able to get CRTs, monitors, Wii's, switches, if you want to go that route. Um, but also for things like you need seating. Um, and if you are new to the scene or if you're new to TOing and maybe you don't pay that much attention to seating, that's super important. If you don't get seating right, you're going to have players coming right up to you, right? Um, uh, getting a feel for how long matches run can be really difficult. Melee is notorious for 
you can have a six minute best of five or you can have a 40 minute best of five <laughs> that's a nightmare no, we got to eliminate those floaty players. You know what I'm saying? No, the floaty players make it so fun. Just not on the TOs. I feel bad for the TOs, but floaty matchups in Melee are hilarious to me. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it is only the TOs. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd say that's the biggest thing is communicate with your local top players, communicate with other TOs. Um, it is unlikely that they're going to shoot you down and say, oh, no, we don't want another tournament. Um, they are probably going to be happy to share the workload <laughs> and, uh, and, and try to find you your avenues of helping. I mean, that's something that has always been true of a lot of the Smash community is that we love to reach out and help new players and, and um if that's TOing that's that's also something that uh people will people will reach out and help you with for sure. Alrighty striker, any last parting thoughts where do people can find you? That that kind of thing. You can do as many plugs as you like, as many closing thoughts as you like, uh for this last bit here to wrap us up. Uh yeah, I'll I'll quickly touch on one last thing as a as a jumping into some shout outs just to some community people and stuff. Um so I listened to your PGH Carol episode, fantastic episode. Um when first getting into Smash, uh my main inspirations were of course Mango M2K. I started M2K watching as Meta Knight and started watching Marth. The Mango Falco, how can you not love it? PPMD, also a big inspiration of mine. Yes. Um, but Carol is an important one because as a brand new player, I wasn't, you know, seeing his name at great big majors. And I say that because it made the cool part of Melee accessible to me. I could see what Carol was doing, playing so many different characters, doing such cool and creative stuff. And you can set goals that are, I don't have to be the best player in the world to pull off cool stuff in Melee. You can get really good at the game, but you don't have to, you know, your goal doesn't have to be I need to be the best player in my region or I need to be the very best player in, you know, in the world. It can be, I need to get really, really, really good at this game so I can pull off really, really slick looking shit like that. Yes. Um, at, at the end of the smash doc, uh, chaos mentions that it's not about, it's not about winning. It's about, coming together for a game you all love and just doing sick shit, just learning cool stuff and just bringing that to the table and showing it to all of the other people who love this game and love seeing sick stuff with that. Um, so that'll be my closing point. I want to shout out uh, Homie Waffles because Redemption Rumble is a huge thing. Mm -hmm. Ludwig because the Scuff World Tour is a huge thing. These things are bigger big 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 and incredibly incredibly important um uh from my own community fuel streaming was a guy that i worked with a lot and went to many of his tournaments and he's still i think streaming in the newfoundland area uh super great dude um aside from that just in the in the community uh Scar and Toph, I mentioned Homie Waffles and Phil, like the god commentators. Mm. Um I love I love seeing any of them. Uh I think you referred to uh Walt as the J Mook of commentary uh in one of your episodes. I will put forth that he is also the J Mook of content. Um <laughs> the yes. the meteoric rise of his YouTube channel and the the quality and production of that. Um is just by far and away like has been gargantuan and incredibly fast and one of my favorite content producers um uh, i mentioned kadano earlier ssbm tutorials is incredibly important even if that project is no longer going on yeah. it still gets used to help teach new players and it's really really good it's really succinct um i mentioned saber uh in the pm community we 
we we have our community highlights which saber runs and before that we had this wonderful thing called the salty highlights that was run by a youtube channel uh, nefiros I really wanted to point that out because that was one of the things that really got my friends and I into Project M was just seeing like not just combos, but combos that were, again, just so crazy and ridiculous and, and made people really salty. Everybody um, knows that Professor Pro combo and pop off. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's those are those are really my my big ones of, of people that I wanted to shout out, just the pillars of the community that really keep us moving forward. Of course, I missed about a million people, and I'm, I missed people in my own community as well. Uh, Shout-outs to the New Brunswick, St. John, and Fredericton uh, melee scenes and uh, the Prince Edward Island uh, melee and PM scenes. I was part of them for a long time as well. Uh, and I think that's about it. And hopefully you'll be able to go to an event at some point, but until that happens, uh, there also are the rumblings, the murmurs, the whispers. There's a new game coming forth that is going to make you a better person. And no, it's not Melee, so get over yourselves. So I'm excited to see that when it comes forth. You have, definitely have to let me know. I will tell the... Yeah, yeah my very wide and expansive audience i'll tell i will tell the people that i know about it. it's going to be super cool to give that a try i i think that's where it's the closest thing to being a true expression of your work and your art when it's not part of a an entire machine where it's like deadlines production and what was the oh yeah metrics you gotta do this amount yeah. per day and that this and third i'm excited to see and uh hopefully play at some point i'd love to play it as well whenever uh whenever it happens so it, it's the hardest part now is you going from working on it to getting it to a point where it's where it's, where it's done or have a demo or oh man it'll probably be really difficult when you have a demo because you'll go ah, but i have to keep going <laughs> so yeah, i'm yeah. looking forward to Yes, supporting from a distance because I don't know how to program. Sorry, I can't help there, but you know. That's uh, okay. And shout out to you as well. Uh, as, oh, thank you. As a new, you know, well, I, I, I say new, but you've had this going on for two years um, as a, a content creator in Melee. Uh, after stumbling upon your channel, I have a lot of time to listen to stuff at work, so I definitely went through and binged a couple of things. And you, you got some big names on the hit list, my friend. Thank you. Holy moly! Yeah, I was I was truly impressed to see, to see all of the 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 community members that you managed to, to have on and have some really great conversations with. It makes for some really good content. Thank you. I appreciate that. No, we're not Walt here, but like I keep telling people, like you and everybody else, there's there uh, is an amazing group of people out there who enjoy Smash for whatever reason. Most of them tend to be amazing people as well. It's super super fun to do that. So. It is gonna be difficult to scale, but we'll just keep we'll just keep making it happen. Striker, thank you so much for joining me this evening. Stick around for after the outro's done because we got to do a thumbnail and then I'll let you get going. But other than that, tell the people have a have a good night. Have bye, y'all. Thanks, bye, y'all.